ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either. You are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Oh my gosh, last night at like 2.50 something in the morning, after I had listened to the Adele album on repeat for, I don't know, the better part of four hours, and drank like two glasses of wine. And y'all know I'm a lightweight, because like two glasses, I'd be like full on tipsy now. But I listened to that vulnerable open album about divorce, no less. And I thought it was a good idea to record a podcast episode about like feelings and relationships and marriage and divorce and aftermath. I recorded the whole thing and then I started editing it last night. And then it was like four something in the morning and I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep. So I get up this morning to edit the podcast and I listened to it and I was like, no, no, I saved it. I didn't delete it. But I was like, no, I can't put this out there. I mean, I can. And I think like a lot of people would find it relatable. But I was about as raw in that episode as Adele is on her album. Maybe at another time. But I was like, you know, my rule is like, I only talk about stuff that I'm comfortable with people coming up to me like in public and asking me about like at random times. And I was like, nah, mm-mm, yeah, mm-mm. I, ain't, I ain't doing that to myself. I'm good. So now it's like Friday at 1.30 and this podcast should have been up and now I'm re-recording the episode. That new Adele album, I saw a lot of people saying like they listen to it and they're like, this is a one and done. Like it's beautiful. It's masterful. Like it's a gorgeous piece of art. But they were like, it's so heartbreaking that they can't listen to it more than once. And I was like, I totally get that. I, being the cancer that I am, like love to have a good cry. But I was like, this might be like unhealthy to listen to on like a regular basis. It's so beautiful, but also so, so, so raw. What's the song? I was up um, on social media talking about it in the middle of the night too. I made a post and I was like, oh, people see it in the morning because like nobody's up. And then there was like a hundred comments and I was like, oh, y'all are up in your feelings too. But what's the song? One, One of them just took me clean out. To be loved. She wails for like a full 30 seconds about how hard she tried to be in this relationship. I actually read that the song is about her dad. It's not about her ex-husband, but whoever it's about. Like the feeling of of trying your best at something and it's still not working. And you like to try, try, try means you really wanted this thing to happen and to work in the way that you wanted it to. And it just didn't. And at some point you just have to throw in the towel to save yourself, really. Yeah, um, but it's it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. It's just hard. Hard. And then there's um, Love is a Game. I think it's the last song on the album. There's this lyric. I wish I could play it. I think it's a copyright violation, so I won't. She said, my heart speaks in puzzling codes I've been trying my whole life to solve. God only knows how I've cried. I can't take another defeat. A next time would be the ending of me. That pretty much sums up me and my divorce and like the aftermath of it and like, you know, what, five lines? <laughs> like I can't take another defeat. Like I I can't. But yeah, it's a really it's a really sad, sad album. Good. Very good album, but sad. It totally gives me Amy Winehouse vibes. There's a lot of that like old Motown soul feeling to it, which Amy also did like a lot of too. But again, it made me think of Amy Winehouse and just like, uh, girl, I was a mess last night. A mess. I also think it's just been an emotionally hard week. 
like all the stuff that's like circulating on the internet, like the baby trying to kick this woman out the house in the middle of the night with like a three month old. (sighs) Just to be clear, not just him doing it, but him doing it, but then going live to show everyone. And then the conversation on the internet of people thinking all of that was okay. They were like, well, he told her to get the fuck out. Like, why didn't she just leave? Kicking a woman out your house in the middle of the night, unless there's obviously like a life-threatening reason, right? If, you know, someone's trying to kill you, then obviously like, yes, they must leave. But people don't see anything wrong with like kicking a woman out the house in the middle of the night. Kicking a woman out the house with a baby in the middle of the night. People don't see anything wrong with like, you know, going live during an argument with somebody and publicly humiliating them. It's just like, and what kind of fucking life are you living where you think that that's normal or acceptable or healthy or I just I'm, I'm at a loss for words. But so there was that. And then there was this Stevie J and Faith video where he's accusing her of cheating on him in his house. They're in a bedroom and he's following Faith with the camera recording and He's calling her a bitch like over and over and over, accusing her of cheating. She's walking away from him, trying to de-escalate the situation. And she keeps telling him to like, stop, go ahead, like, you know, leave me alone. And he won't. She goes and gets in the bed and pulls the covers over her head. Like the woman is doing like a hide and seek, like to make herself invisible so that he can't see her and the camera can't see her. And he literally stands over the side of the bed and berates her. So this recording, it's not clear when it happened. He didn't go live when he did it. He kept saying like, you're live, you're live, you're live. But he wasn't live streaming at the time. But this video made its way to um, a well-known gossip blogger, Tasha. Unwind with Tasha K. I think she's the one that, um, that got the video. I don't know who her connects are, If you remember her name, it's because she's the one, we talked about her extensively on here. She's the one that had the video of John Gray on the phone with his mistress complaining about how his wife doesn't cook with his son in the back seat. I don't know who her connects are, but they be sending her tea. Tasha girl, I love you. Don't put me on blast. If you ever get some shit about me, don't post that shit. (laughs) I'm not even out here trying to pretend I'm living an upstanding and moral life. I am not on a high horse. (laughs) Don't be trying to take me down. I am amongst the people who be acting up and doing degenerate shit. I just don't post it, but I'm telling you now. Tasha, you get some tea on me. Don't post that shit, Tasha. Don't post that shit. But Tasha got this video and and, and posted it. And I don't know the purpose of, of the person who sent her the video. If they were trying to show Stevie as an abuser or if they were trying to show Faith um, allegedly being unfaithful just because he accused her of such doesn't make it so. And I'll give Tasha K credit when she posted it. I'm looking at the caption right now. She posted it three days ago. She says, Faith Evans being verbally abused and taunted by Stevie J. She doesn't talk about like the, the infidelity angle that the rest of the internet has, has hopped on to. Because I saw the video and I was appalled. Like standing over me, like berating me. And I did the same thing Faith did. Like I, you know, was on the couch and pulled the blanket over my head. And he just like stood over me, like just calling me all sorts of crazy shit. And so 
I didn't see the video on Tasha K's page and I didn't see that she referred to verbal abuse or I would have referenced it when I wrote my own post after seeing it. And I was like, hey, like, just so we're all clear, like, we're all watching, like, these videos. All of this is emotional abuse. Like, people only tend to understand abuse when it's, I was going to say when it's physical, but I also think about instances we've seen where, like, We've seen videos and there's I'm about to talk about the the most recent one, too, where we've seen men like straight up, like ball up their fist and punch a woman like whole in her face. And people will be like, well, what does she do to deserve it? As if there's something you could do to deserve being punched in your face by anybody, but especially somebody you're in a relationship with. I was going to say we don't understand emotional abuse, only physical, but we don't really understand that either. But in writing about that, like I specifically talked about this whole going live on people and then also like the the berating people part of it. And an enormous number of people were like, but she cheated on him. So, you know, and I was like, what does that mean? Like, what, what, what all does that mean? Like, because someone cheats on you, you have a right to emotionally abuse them? No, like. His feelings were hurt. Like, oh, my God. Like, you don't understand what it's like. Like, as a man and, like, a woman cheats on you, like, it's devastating that, you know, to be betrayed in that way. Well, yeah, it feels the same way as, like, you know, a woman gets cheated on. Literally, this guy on Facebook was like, well, if she hadn't cheated on him, then, you know, he wouldn't have abused her. What? What? And I shouldn't say what, because we've heard versions of this argument before. Like, if you know that he's the type of guy that gets violent, then why would you keep running your mouth um, and make him hit you? What? As many times as I hear it, it's just going to be a big fucking what? Because it's just such a crazy line of thought. To see these, like, videos of people being emotionally abused and then watching, I would say, more than half of the commentary that I saw in regards to those two videos saw nothing wrong. Kicking a woman out the house at 3 a.m., kicking a woman out with an infant at 3 a.m., going live to publicly humiliate this woman, recording this video, sending it to a, a blogger, Stevie J, like calling Faith a bitch like over and over and over and standing over the bed berating her as she's like literally under the sheets. She's asking to be left alone. She's trying to de-escalate. Like so many people saw nothing wrong with it. And, and, and it was men and women. And I just want to be clear. It was men and women having this response. But, but I'm going to speak about the men specifically. Like, I was like, these are the people that women are expected, that heterosexual women are supposed to date. Like, men who see nothing wrong with kicking a woman out the house in the middle of the night or repeatedly calling her a bitch because they're mad or betrayed or whatever. Like, going live, public humiliation, like, as a response to, like, I don't like your behavior. These are the people that you want women to date. And as a man, if I was reading this stuff, like if I had any like halfway common sense and I was reading like women's responses to this, like, wait, like, so you, so you think it's okay for us to get into an argument and then like, I don't know, go live on my ass? Really? Okay. And then there was this other video that came out yesterday. It's some football player, former football player, um... What is his name? Somebody sent me the clip. And I, I've repeatedly asked folks, like, please do not send me clips of, like, I think I specifically said police violence against black people. Because, like, I really just, you know, don't like seeing black people, you know, murdered on video. It's, it's like, it affects me. It, it hurts to watch. 
people do it anyway. That's part of the reason I shut down my DMs. But some stuff still does get through. And somebody sent me the Zach Stacy. That's his name. He's a former football player. I can't remember the team. It's pretty irrelevant. The NFL hasn't made a statement about it because he's not a current player. So he has a he has a girlfriend and they have a very young baby. Girlfriend recorded him beating the shit out of her. The baby is in the room. People make a really big deal of saying that, like, you know, and I think they mean well when they say this, but people keep saying that, like, you know, he beat her ass like that and with their baby in the room. And I'm like, yeah, like, he beat her ass like that is enough. The baby in the room just, you know, takes it from, like, you know, a 20 to a 30. But him beating her ass is just bad enough if there was no baby in the room. People, like, like the man trying to kick the woman out the house at 3 a.m., it's still bad even with no baby involved. Like the baby just makes it like, again, a 30 to a situation that's already at a 20. He beat the shit out that woman. He threw her into the TV and she bounced off it. She stays on the floor and then he picks her up again and starts tossing her around. The angle switches and he throws her into the kid's carrier. And this is after he appeared to punch her in the face twice. And the kid is sitting in the corner the whole time. Damn. It was such a, a horrible display of, of violence and brutality. Like, I gasped when I saw it. I audibly was like, <gasps> I, I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I just, I, that poor, poor, poor woman. And the baby's crying in the background. And one of the angles, you can actually, like, see the baby um, sitting in a carrier. There's a cat in the house and the cat is very alarmed you can see like the way the cat is like skirting around the room trying to avoid the violence but what struck me perhaps a poor choice of words but but what stood out to me equally as much as seeing that level of brutality from one person to another from a man to a woman a much bigger man a much bigger man at that it's an NFL player it's a big dude is the woman never cried I feel like the first time something like that happens to you, or even the second time, even if you aren't physically injured, I would feel like the shock of someone doing that to you, like that would make you burst into tears. And all people don't respond the same way. But I, it just, I just noticed that this woman had like no reaction. She, I think she said his name or maybe like, oh God, or something like that. But it wasn't like the hysteria of like, oh my God, like this thing just happened or but I say that to say or whatever. I was like, this man been beating her white ass black and blue for a really long time. Because she had no reaction whatsoever. This is what, you know, on the wire they used to call a 40 degree day. Nothing exceptional. Nothing to praise. Nothing to complain about. Just just an average day. Like that poor woman. That poor baby too. Like your father's a fucking monster. Ooh, that man need to be under the jail. Last I read, he was like on the run. He hadn't been arrested. Police were looking for him. Hold on, let me check. Did this guy get arrested yet? I don't see anything about an arrest. Jesus, I just want to cry to see somebody just treat another human being that way. Okay, so I do see some update. There is a warrant out for his arrest, and Florida police believe he has fled the state of Florida. They don't know where he is, and the woman in the video, Kristen Evans is her name, she released a statement thanking supporters the internet actually from what i've seen has been halfway decent about this video because it's so brutal 
that I haven't seen people like trying to justify it, which is actually shocking for me. I remember the guy from the Baltimore Ravens. There was a video of him punching the girl in the face. I want to say it was on an elevator or outside of an elevator. It was like really bad. But people were like, well, what did she do? What did she do? Again, what could justify that? What could justify that? But, but watching all this on the internet, like all this abuse, essentially, and then watching people react to, to so much of it affirmatively, just, you know, really just, I don't know. It put me, I don't know about other people, but it really put me like in a bad space. And I was just like, yo, like the number of people who like, just don't like women who don't find any fundamental respect for women who like a, an open hatred for women. That's the only way that I can feel like you could see this stuff and, and justify it. Like, yeah, kick her out at three in the morning. Like, yeah, like stand over her and berate her. Like, yeah, publicly humiliate her. I'm really sorry that your feelings were hurt. It's hurtful. I get it. But like your reaction cannot be to like abuse people. Get a goddamn therapist and learn how to like handle disappointment and rejection and even betrayal. And I say that for men and I say that for women. Like it sucks if a guy cheats on you. It absolutely does. It doesn't give you a right to like go fucking crazy. And like we always make jokes like what's the girl from TLC about, you know, burning up the dude's house. We talk about like Bernadine and waiting to exhale like she know she set all his clothes and his car on fire. Like I totally get the desire to do so. But you can't actually do that shit in real life. It's wrong when men do it and it's wrong when women do it. Like, everybody just, like, keep their fucking hands to themselves. Don't publicly humiliate people. I don't believe this has to be said, but my God. Don't be going live on people. Don't be calling people out their damn names when you're mad. I totally get the desire to do so. And yes, I've absolutely done it. Done it and I was dead wrong when I did it. None of that shit's healthy. You know, sometimes I talk about, like, healthy behaviors and people be like, nobody actually acts like that. You'd be surprised. There are actually people who like get angry and like don't fight people or throw things and curse people out. It's fascinating, but it actually does happen. And you too could be one of those people and be with one of those people. It may require therapy, which I think is great for everyone. Self-included. Lord knows I need some because I'm like out here on the brink. I've said it like a million times and nobody still ever asked like, are you okay? No. I've been telling y'all that for months. Anyway. In good black news, oh, that's not good black news. Oh, it's news. Okay. Last night I went out and I've been going out. I've been out like three days this week. I went to this like fancy party in the hills for Nissan on Tuesday. And then I went to another fancy party, private dinner for Nissan on Wednesday. And then last night, there's a black owned private club for women here in LA, Blackbird, Blackbird House. And last night, Leading Women Defined. Deborah Lee, who used to run BET, that's her organization. She gathers together leading black women across various industries and, and brings them together to, to network and, and solve the problems of the day while also having a little fun. Remember, um, right before I moved to L.A., I went to Leading Women Defined and I told you all how like I danced with no rhythm and no grace with Debbie Allen. And it was like this is like one of the best moments of my life. Leading Women Defined. I think I had a podcast then. Did I? Because I feel like I told y'all how, like, I was obsessed with Beth Ann Hardison. And she was, like, talking about, like, I think, like, the head of Gucci. She was like, he got a lot of gangster to him. She's like, I like that shit. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to grow up and be Beth Ann Hardison. Leading Women Define had this event at Blackbird last night in Culver City. It's a big, open, warehouse-type space. It has a very much, like, loft feel to it. You know how I feel about my lofts. 
And it's absolutely gorgeous. And when you walk in, there's this big like neon sign that says black owned. And then all of the walls are covered with like this most gorgeous art only of black women and girls. It's like walking into Essence magazine in a loft. I think that's an accurate description. Okay, so Leading Women Defined, they had a really good turnout. Actually, some faces that I knew sometimes when I go out in LA, I'd be like, I don't know anybody in this room. Really like kind of scary for me, but it was a good event. There are two black women who are presidents at Warner Music Group. And so they had a conversation with each other. Um, One of the policies of Leading Women Defined is what happens in the room stays in the room. So that's why I'm not giving you And that's why I'm not giving you details about like all who was in the room and who spoke and what was and what it was about. I'm just trying to keep it very general so I don't like violate their um, their safe space policy because I want to be invited back. But I will say this because this happened outside. Don Cheadle was there and I didn't realize how much love I have in my heart for Don Cheadle. I didn't react when I saw him. But like in my head, I was like, Don Cheadle. I was like, Mouse. Like, I got really excited. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I really like Don Cheadle. Like, I knew I liked him, but I didn't realize I had, like, a strong, visceral reaction to Don Cheadle. So I'm sitting there. I'm watching the women have their discussion. There were things that didn't necessarily relate to my industry, but made me think about other moves that I might be making in terms of situating myself or, like, next moves I want to make um, professionally. As this conversation is happening, my phone is going crazy. And I'm just like, WTF, like it's like buzzing so bad. Like I actually was going to turn my phone off so it didn't drain the battery. All these texts, all these DMs, all these like people hitting me on Facebook. And everyone's like, are you watching this versus? Y'all hitting me up about a goddamn versus? Are you serious right now? I had to scroll through a couple messages to find out what was actually happening. And people were freaking out because they were like, yo, Shaka Khan is on this stage. One of my friends, they were like... (laughs) Shaka Khan is on this stage looking high as giraffe pussy. And I was like, oh, come on. Come on. She's an icon. Come on. I saw enough people say it. And they were like, she's high. She's drunk. She's on pills. She's on something. But like Shaka Khan is completely out of it. And you were right. Stephanie Mills is killing this. And I was like, oh, that's why everybody's hitting me up. Because we talked about the Stephanie last week and like how she could like sing sing. So when I get home, I watch this versus. And... I was like, it can't be as bad as everybody's making it out to be. And then Shaka Khan came out. And I was like, oh, baby. I don't know if Auntie knew she was in the world last night. That was bad. That was really bad. And I have no idea what's going on with her. Like, there was speculation of, like, you know, it's liquor, it's drugs, it's pills. I know she has a history with substance abuse. Whatever was going on with her last night, her team needs to do better by her. And at least keep her off stages. I mean, and she's a legend. She's got 50 years in the game. And like, she's still touring. Nobody who watched Versus last night is ever going to pay to go see Shaka Khan. Because she looks like she's out of it. Nobody wants to pay their hard-earned money to see somebody halfway perform. Don't know the lyrics, slurring their words. Stephanie Mills? Absolutely. Stephanie Mills can go on tour tomorrow and it'll sell out. Because Stephanie Mills gave a show last night. She showed up ready to perform, ready to be seen, ready to get her coins right, and ready to be on tour immediately. She looked good. She was vibrant. She sounded good. She was agile. She danced. Like, Also, Stephanie Mills is stacked. I had no idea Stephanie Mills was that stacked. And her tush was covered the whole time, but you could still see it. And I was like, where did that come from? 
I remember Stephanie Mills from the 90s being like a very slim, narrow woman. And I was like, I mean, and she looks amazing. I'm not saying anything bad about not being slim or not being narrow. There's nothing wrong with slim and narrow, but there's also nothing wrong with like stacked in the back. And I was like, Stephanie, auntie, still got it. Somebody's uncle is very pleased. Look, somebody's nephew probably pleased too. She looked great. And she is a wonderful, beautiful, magical person because last night, in addition to singing all her own songs, she sung most of Shaka Khan's songs too, and she covered her. She filled in for all the Shaka's gaps and gaffes and you know, kept telling her, have a seat, honey, and whatever. She treated her with so much warmth and so much grace, and they've known each other forever and a day. They may be really good friends. I'm, glad, I'm very glad Stephanie Mills did it. Because if, if it was me and I was, you know, falling short, I would want someone to cover me. But I also feel bad that, like, she had to do that. She really could have been, you know, focused on just giving her best and doing her best stage performance. She was up there performing. And she was sweating. She couldn't really sit down in between songs to just get some rest. There was no breaks because she was covering for Shaka and her stuff. I was very pleased with her. I was very proud of her. But I also felt really bad for her. And she very much seemed to take it in stride. She made it look effortless, but I know that it wasn't. Just because being on stage, and no matter how many times you've been up there, like performing is an effort. Like performing is an effort. Now you got to do your work and somebody else's too. I hope that Shaka Khan gets the help that she so very clearly needs. I hope that her team stops setting her up like that. Because I, I feel like, I don't know, and, and I keep thinking about Amy Winehouse so much lately. But I think about how, like, we all watched Amy Winehouse and her drug and alcohol-induced hazes. We watched her, you know, waste away to nothing. And we all sat there and complained and said, like, well, why doesn't her family do more and why don't they interfere? And it's like, because she was the cash cow and everybody was on the payroll. And to, like, stop her would be to stop everybody's money and nobody wanted to do that. That I was like, Shaka Khan, like... I hope she gets the help she needs. That's the point I'm trying to make. Can we talk about good black news? As I'm recording this podcast, or right before I started, the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict came in and he was acquitted on all charges. I honestly couldn't call this trial. I know a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to be acquitted because like the judge is like a trumper. And if you've been watching the trial, like the, the judge clearly favors the defense. I did not watch the trial. But I also thought, I mean, I guess, and this is me being, I don't know if it's it's naive or it's optimistic, but I was like, but the white boy killed like two white people and and shot another white person. I don't know how justice actually works when it's between a bunch of white people. Like they would care that like two white people died, right? Right? No. As one of my friends pointed out earlier, they were like, yo, they were going to protect the nigga lovers? Stop it. And I was like, wow, is that where we are? And they were like, did you think we were somewhere else? Like, we, we are in America. I was like, well, evidently, I don't even know what to make of that. Like, I just feel like it's another, like, in the same way that, I mean, I'm using Rodney King as an example, but I could use George Zimmerman. I could use, like, so many, you know, instances where white people, white officers, are acquitted for abusing black people, for killing black people, black children, in the case of Trayvon Martin, and they get off, you know, it sends the message that like, yeah, this is legal to do. You can run up on a kid and you can just shoot him and, you know, it's fine. It's legal. Go forth. It ain't not going to happen to you. Or Rodney King. Like, sure, cops, like, yeah, beat the shit out of black people. Like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, you good. 
I think this sends the message to, you know, the Black Lives Matter. I mean, Black Lives Matter already had the the message that, like, you know, you can shoot, kill, harm black folks and and nothing will happen. Hence why the whole Black Lives Matter hashtag movement, philosophy on life, signs in the road, signs in windows. That's why it exists, because we're trying to remind people, like, hey, it matter. Black Lives Matter. This this matter. Just we're on a very base level. Can we can we acknowledge Black Lives Matter? As, as, a, as a culture, a community, and a country. Can we do that? Oh, no? Okay, we're not there yet. Okay. But I feel like this sends a message. Like, um, black people already know that, like, to the, the, the wider mainstream America, that black lives don't matter. Like, we're, we're real clear on that. I don't know if our, our non-black allies realize that their lives don't matter either before today. Because there's, like, people all over the internet. Oh, my God, I can't believe, like, they killed these two people. And, oh, my God, how could this happen? This is America. And I'm like, do we all live in the same place? I don't know. But I was like, maybe they were optimistic and naive like I was. Like, they were just like, but he killed white people. Like, he can't just get away with killing white people. Yeah, he can. He did. He did. <sighs> Last but not least, good Lord, we need some good news. Um, these beautiful Essence covers. Can we talk about that? It's uh, Simone Biles, Lizzo, and Nicole Hannah-Jones are on the holiday issues of Essence. Three separate covers. The Essence styling team. Give everybody a goddamn raise. Give everybody at Essence a goddamn raise. Beautiful covers. Beautiful covers. Like the, the lighting was beautiful. The photography was beautiful. The makeup, the styling, like everything about it was beautiful. I enjoyed all of them. Um, but I want to make special mention of two of them and for two different reasons. And, and let me just also say, like, I love Lizzo. I think Lizzo's amazing. Lizzo has had, like, a bunch of really good covers. Um, she's a beautiful girl. And her team, when she does photo shoots, her team makes sure that she's done right. So we've seen Lizzo looking really great and really amazing a lot of times. Simone Biles is also a beautiful woman. She's caught so much hell for her appearance, things that may be her fault, things that may not be her fault. But like, if you are a black girl and you are running, jumping, sweating, the sweating part specifically, or near humidity, your edge is gonna pop. It just is what it is. That's what black girl hair does. It is what it is. Into it. I choose to lean into it. But people talk so bad about that woman's hair. They've done the same for Simone Biles. I'm like, y'all realize this woman is training for Olympic competition. Like, her job is not to be a beauty queen. Her job is to focus on executing her performance, which Simone Biles does at, like, the greatest level anyone's ever seen. She's called the GOAT for a reason. You want her to take her focus away from training to focus on her fucking hair? Are you serious? And so she's taken some hits, unnecessary hits, over her appearance. She's also done some photo shoots where, for mainstream magazines, where folks don't know what to do with all her chocolate skin. You can't light black people the same way you light white people. You just can't. It's just, you're going to look, it's not going to look right. And I think most infamously, Simone Biles was on the cover of Vogue. And she was shot by Annie Leibovitz, which is supposed to be Annie Leibovitz, who is a very well-known celebrity photographer. She's photographed like everyone. She's received awards for her beautiful images. Like she's the go-to portrait photographer for a lot of like the big, sexy photo shoots, right? So she does Simone Biles and it's supposed to be like this great honor. And she ain't know how to light her. They didn't do her hair right. They didn't dress her right. They didn't light her right. Um, but when the pictures come out, 
unless you're in the industry or industry adjacent in some way, people weren't saying Annie Leibovitz didn't light her right or the the hairstylist didn't do her right or the, the fashion stylist didn't dress her right. It was just like those Simone Biles photos look a mess. And so she takes the hit again. So Essence went and got our girl, which is one of the things that Essence does best. I love it when Essence leans into what Essence does. The essence, the essence of fine. There's a very um, distinct look, styling that Essence does with black women and for its covers. And when they lean into it, I almost said we, I still feel like I work there sometimes. But when they lean into that styling to that particular look, they always win. And they did it for these three covers. And Simone Biles especially looks amazing. They got our girls light right. They got our girls hair right. They got the makeup right. They got the styling right. Like she's a very petite woman. I remember her dress for like the Met Gala. Um, it's a pretty dress on a pretty woman, but it's too much fabric for someone her size. Like the dress, like, like the dress was wearing her. She wasn't wearing the dress. Um, but in this instance, like Essence got everything right. Like she looks like the, the cover photo looks amazing. The inside photos look amazing. Like they did right by our girl. Kudos to Essence. And I would say this even if I didn't have like a big feature story in this issue. Like I didn't write the cover. I wish Tabitha got the cover too. There's a mention on the cover that there's a feature of a Tabitha Brown in there. And so like that little mention, that would be me. Thanks. Um, But even if I wasn't in it, I would still be praising the covers because they look absolutely gorgeous. And like I want to buy all three and put them on my coffee table and not just because I'm in the issue, um, because I don't do that with every magazine that I write for. I keep them, but I don't always display them. But these are so beautiful. Like I want to like put them up and have them be seen because they're they're gorgeous. I also love that Nicole Hannah Brown. You know how I feel about her. Um, you know how I feel about her as a fellow journalist, as a 1619 project of of telling UNC basically go fuck yourselves. Um, it just it gave me great joy inside to see a black woman say this is some bullshit. I'm taking my talent elsewhere where I'm appreciated. Howard, as it would turn out, has turned out to have like a bunch of problems, which pause the kids. Finally, the kids, this, they're young enough to be my kids. I call them kids with love and protection and, and auntie energy. I absolutely recognize that they are students and young adults full of agency and adulthood and all of those things. But they like 18, they babies, they outside. They, I've been concerned about these kids. But the students who were protesting in the administration came to some terms agreement. I think they were out there for 34 days. Apparently they're going to get their dorms fixed and they're going to get representation on the board or whatever it was they were asking for. Howard didn't meet their demands sufficiently where they decided to end the protest. So good for them. But that's not the whole point. That's the other point. Um, what I was originally saying is Hannah Nicole Jones told UNC, fuck you, went to Howard. Even Howard, for all of its problems, I'm still glad that she said, fuck UNC and went over to Howard. Um, but most importantly, this is what the point I was trying to make. I'm glad she's being celebrated because she took a beating in the press and in her open letter that she wrote after she said that she was going to Howard, she talked about the personal struggles that she'd been having over the embarrassment. I think she talked about, of you know, telling people like, oh, I'm going to UNC. And this position is, is always, um, what's the word called? Tenured. And she was, you know, ready to like make this big move only to, you know, get there. And they played her. And she talked about like, you know, being embarrassed to, you know, be the only person who's, you know, gotten this um, particular job and not being offered what everyone else was offered. 
And she didn't break the story. She was going to just go with it. But then she turns into like this national conversation and, um, you know, 1619 Project was already, I mean, she got her Pulitzer off of it, but the 1619 Project, like she'd already caught hell, you know, with that. And it led to this whole conversation about the critical race theory. And I'm glad Essence put her on the cover to celebrate her because she deserved it. She has done incredible work. She will continue to do incredible work. All of those people, in order for them to like, you know, stay the course and keep the conviction, they do need to be encouraged. And people need to see them being encouraged and supported and celebrated because that's what breeds more people to say, this is some bullshit. So I love her and I'm happy that she's being celebrated on the cover of Essence. And I also think she looks fucking amazing. Like the hair, the face, the outfit. She's stacked too. I was like, oh, okay. Beauty and brains. Love it. Love it. Love it. (sighs) It was a hard podcast today. And now we're done. I don't know when the drop is happening. It might happen this weekend. I don't know. Turn your notifications on. It might happen Monday. I'm not sure. I'll give advance notice to at least a few hours. The drop's not obviously not happening today on Friday. I said it was going to happen this week. There's still tomorrow. Tomorrow still counts as this week. Because that's what I said on Tuesday. Tomorrow still counts. Yeah, maybe the drop will happen tomorrow. If not, Monday? I don't know. I'll give you ample notice so you can get your stuff. It's just there's things happening. So, yeah. That's the podcast episode for this week. Here's the Don't Waste Your Pretty merch still on the site. There are literally three ratchet and respectable hoodies that are black from the first round of ordering. They're on sale. And then like the mugs and then the tees. Um, So those are on sale. The other stuff, I'll put it up. Give me a second. Okay. That's probably not everything, but that's what we've got. And I'll be back next week. Just as a heads up, next week there's only one episode. I usually record on Thursdays, or I'm supposed to record on Thursdays. I usually record on Fridays like I am today. Um, But I'm not doing the Friday. I'm not doing the Friday episode next week. I'm going to take a little break. So I'll be back on Tuesday. But Friday, you're going to have to be on your own for shenanigans. But there will be no me. I will be on break. But then I'll be back the week after that. So, Okay, not everything, but going anyway. Talk soon. Okay, bye.